Hi, I'm Alad Gross. I'm a civil rights attorney, an educator, and a dog owner who's running for Missouri Attorney General. And welcome to the Alad Pod. I got to speak with Matt Seidel. He's a professional wrestler who went by Evan Bourne when he was in the WWE. He's from right here in Missouri, went to Parkway West High School, went to Mizzou, and has been wrestling since he was a kid. Matt and I talk not only about the wrestling scene and the work that he's still doing now, but also about policy, healthcare, labor, a whole bunch of stuff we touched on. We had a couple technical issues, but thanks to our fans, we got through them pretty quickly, but Matt's phone died at the end of the interview. I told him it would, and he's already promised to come back on. So at the end of all this, I talked a lot about voting rights in Missouri, and then we played our game, a version of Will It Float from old Dave Letterman days. So it seemed like it was pretty popular. If you enjoyed it, let us know, and I uh, hope you enjoy the podcast. Other than Michael forgetting to turn on his microphone for a bit, don't worry. I let him know. Enjoy the podcast. All right, folks. Welcome to the Alad Pod. Today we've got Matt Seidel, who is a Missouri-born pro wrestler, and we're very excited to have him here on the show. Uh, we will. Also be talking uh, a bit about um, not just wrestling in general, but we'll be talking a lot about what's going on. He's currently in Florida, um, the different things that he's got going on in his life, too, uh, how he got to where he is, and also uh, the political issues that we're all facing right now during the, the virus. Uh, and at the very end of this whole thing, we are all going to play a game. So I'm not going to ruin it yet. He doesn't know. I kind of don't know, but I kind of do know, so we'll go with that, too. But let me bring in our guest today. Yeah, hello. Matt Seidel here, pro wrestler and uh, storyteller. You, you start, start, certainly started at a young age. Um, and, uh, um, yeah, I mean, did you do it? I guess it was just like a family thing that you all were kind of getting involved in this at, at the same time. Yeah, luckily I was the middle son. I had uh, an older and a younger brother, and they were both both also enthralled with wrestling. And we all sort of liked it in different ways. I think I was the one that liked the physical performance aspect of it the most. Um, but yeah, we all we all shared a love for it. So it was easy if I wanted to suplex my brother. He sort of knew what I was trying to do, and he knew I wasn't trying to kill him. And uh, you know, we sort of just did it. Our, you know, figured it out ourselves through imitation. And um, you know, then I started going to an actual wrestling school. Uh, in my senior year of high school, maybe the summer going into it. So I was pretty young when I got going, but, uh, you know, when you're, when you're driven and you're into something, you know, you just immerse yourself in it and here you are 20 years later, still doing it. Right. It's a through line for my family. Cause my brother, Mike, um, you know, he, he wrestled, he lives in Kansas city and he wrestles there as well. And Mike and I have traveled to Japan together to wrestle, um, we had our, our other brother teaching English in Korea, and we, Mike and I both went over there to do pro wrestling, but also to visit him. So it's sort of been like this um, awesome tool that we've been able to use to go across the globe and perform and see family. And it's, uh, it's it, 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 for as much stress of getting up, the early flights, uh, the hard matches, it's, it really is just something that, you know, my whole family can still enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a, uh, that's a really cool thing to have together. Um, let's see. So, um, you know, I, I wonder, I mean, right now, um, so you're, you're not in Missouri now you're, you're over in Florida, right? Correct. Yeah. Are, and you're still, are you still wrestling today? I mean, not uh, today, yeah, obviously well, I right wrestle, now. <laughs> I'm an independent professional wrestler. Um, and I also have a wrestling school while well, I have a wrestling school that is currently on hiatus. So I have a, a school right here in uh, Clearwater, Florida, near me, where I base I charge basically the same amount that I paid in 1999 to start to wrestle. That's what <laughs> I'm charging guys this day. The, the price really hasn't gone up much. Uh, but yeah, that's one of my favorite things to do. I still do travel and perform and, and wrestle. Although, um, as like basically since March 17th, I haven't left the house. So you know, we're we're just gonna take things as it comes. I'm not. You can't be too stuck in your past ways given this dramatic change in circumstances. So, 
you know, I'm just uh, trying to do my normal everyday routine and, you know, wait, kind of wait this out. Right, right. Um, I mean, you're in Florida right now. Um, and uh, Florida, I guess, you know, we've, we've heard some things on the news about it. Um, so how how is it going over there right now? Well, you know, I mean, I just don't I, I don't go out, so I don't know too many details. But it, it, luckily for me, I'm in Tampa, which is on the other side of the Fort Lauderdale, Miami, mm-hmm. more hotspot. But still, you know, we've got a lot of vulnerable people people here, and uh, the more serious people take it, the better, I, I think. And um, you know, I, I just feel bad for the, there's there's a lot of people here in Florida that don't have health insurance, or even if they do, they can't afford their copayments or their deductibles, uh, so they're not going to the doctor. And they're just going to work, and that can cause a cascade of problems. And more and more worse, people can get sick. Um, you know, that's really what we're worried about here. Uh, I, I, but what I do love is the quiet hum of the streets because things really have gone down a notch. The intensity has gone down. Uh, the the amount of basic, you know. Any bit of unnecessary transport really has halted. Uh, I mean, I have a window open and it's just really quiet outside, and I think that's a really good sign. I just feel that there's going to be a really long timeline, and I don't know if people are ready to expect that and how uh, how we'll all do if things kind of continue. But you know, I'm uh, I, I think when people realize that we can all get together and work together, uh, we can really have an effect and and mitigate this possible tragedy, have a tragedy that we all prevent together, which is more of a unity experience. And I think this is an opportunity to really bring people together. This is like a common enemy that's affecting everyone across the globe. The way it affects me in Florida is the same way it affects somebody in Florence, Italy, or, you know, I, somewhere in Alabama or any, anywhere else. It's just we're, we really are all in this together. And I th- sort of think it's a moment where the people will realize that the commonalities that we all have as humans and stop focusing on the differences in our like physical appearance and accent and really start to realize that it's, it's all, it's all about working together. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I, uh, I think that's a very, very important point because this, this virus is impacting all of us and, and, and it's the way that we all deal with this together that is going to determine what the final outcome is going to be, right? It, it can't be just one person who's doing one thing. It's really, it really takes a community to deal with it. And, you know, it's been interesting to see because we are we are a country where there's multiple states, obviously, and we have different governors and there's different legislatures, different people who are elected. And and and, you know, obviously there's one federal government that's supposed to be some kind of a unifying body around that um, to give leadership in this time. But it's just been interesting to see, you know, how how different folks have, have dealt with the problem. And also seeing that the challenge that we're facing now doesn't respect those borders like we do in our government structure, you know. So it's been it's been a um, I think I think your point is, is a really good one in, in that, um, you know, it, it really does take all of us coming together on this issue. Yeah, and it does affect us. It affects everyone. And if things get bad in one place and not somewhere else, like you said, right. the the virus doesn't respect a border because they're you know kind of man made constructs anyway. Right. Um, and I think you know if you look at what's happening, like in Germany versus Italy, there's a clear play that we're not. Everybody's not equal. There's like. Dead, discrepancies in the kind of treatment people receive or, for example, in countries that are poor or people that have much, you know, in countries like India and Pakistan, things are very challenging there as well. And there's a lot less medical care. I mean, and the U.S. is kind of I, I feel that this pandemic is the call for Medicare for all and that you, mm-hmm. you're the states, you know, we have a lot of different governments, the state government, the federal government, but they really do in an idealistic world. They serve oh, I'm at 10 percent. They serve the people. And if we all let it be known that th- we all want to save 50 percent on our medical bills, we want Medicare for all. I think that's something that could happen out of this. And then they can go back to debating all, all the rest of the politics. But I think. When you boil it down, there's only one issue that matters between now and November, and that's people's health. And so you'd want to have the person who's going to save the most lives in charge in the in, in the hot seat, um, because yeah. the, the you know if, for me it's a global it's a global issue. I, if I could do Medicare for all for the whole globe, you know that that to me would be a a, a goal I'd like to work towards. Rather than having mil, you know we have military bases in every country. Why can't we have you know a, you know 
we, we can do a lot of good. Mm-hmm. We have the technology yeah. and the resources, uh, and I think we have the ability to help people too. It's, it's just a matter of like ha- having national priorities as such, and those will only come from grassroots movements. Those are not going to come from top-down things. They're only going to come from uh, people demanding of their representatives. Right. I think, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's something, you know, we, we kind of connected on all this through social media and the stuff that we were working on as a campaign. But, um, you know, as you know, we've been so focused on making sure that our voices are heard in government. And, and far too often, government is making these choices that we look at, and it just doesn't make any sense. Because, you know, it's like people don't want that. People don't, don't want to, to, to be injured, not have these services or to have their government serving folks who already have power and a lot of money and everything else. And, uh, you know, time and time again, I think, you know, I came through this through education and, and working with kids and seeing for years and years how, you know, particular kids in particular neighborhoods that didn't have resources always kept staying that way because our government isn't representing them. It's representing people with, with power who already have all of these great things. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. So you're, you're a big Medicare for all guy, huh? Yeah. Well, and I, you know, my two big issues are Medicare for all in principle, especially. Um, but the other thing you talked about was education and, and investing in education, I think is one of the most important things. And one of the most often neglected things, uh, in our country today. And, you know, we just can't support, youth all no matter where they're from you know equally the way we can give equal opportunity to all these kids and i mean we currently have a situation where our capitalistic society and consumerism preys on the young people instead of actually enlightening them and teaching them and and raising them up and you know and and growing them into something important and something with good roots they just they're trying to throw sugar at the kids by the time they're three and i mean it just it's a very predatory society and i don't think we protect the kids enough and the the stronger of an education we give them the more they can build up the intellectual and prefrontal cortex-like responses to advertisements instead of being stuck in their little child lizard brain. But some of these kids, they're, you know, before they're 18, their brains are still developing and we were kind of, I I don't know, but I just think that we need a much stronger investment in our kids and education and teacher salaries. And of course that comes because I'm a son of two teachers. So, uh, you know, I've always thought, I've always felt that. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that's uh, that's really it's really important. Um, yeah, I, I um, you know, I, I, I wonder. You, you mentioned that your, you know, your parents are teachers, and they're they're both still here in Missouri, right? Yes, that's correct. I mean, they're both retired. But, no. Both retired. Where 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 are they? And are they in the St. Louis area? Uh, yeah, um, and my uh, mom's in Chesterfield, and my dad's in Kirkwood. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and did they teach in those two districts or, or were they uh, teaching? Yeah. So my mom worked at the early childhood, worked in early childhood education. And my dad was a middle school teacher at Parkway South middle and mm-hmm. uh, Piermont elementary. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, there's always the question around here in St. Louis, where'd you go to high school? Uh, I went to Parkway West high school, there Longhorns. Yeah, yeah. Very, very proud. <laughs> and you had, like, the, I went to Mizzou the, and I, I, I bragged more say. about Parkway West than Mizzou. I don't know. <laughs> Did you, uh, I wonder, did you wrestle when you were at Mizzou? So by, um, by the time I was at Mizzou, I was doing professional wrestling. That was like my entire focus. Um, so I, I would, you know, go to class Monday through Thursday and then on Friday I'd cut out and drive to Chicago or drive to Nashville or drive to Memphis or any podunk town in Indiana. I mean, I could name off a million that I went to. And so that's sort of what I was doing um, the entire time I was at school. Uh, In the beginning, I was just going to St. Louis, and then I started branching out. And pretty soon I was doing, you know, 12-hour road trips down and back and then just crashing and then going right back to class and getting it done. I got out, you know, four years is all it took. But, boy, by the end, I was really um, a try. I mean, by the end, I was just a wrestler who was on the road every weekend. And I was just a road warrior at that moment. Man, that's got to be... That's got to be tough, and not just like in terms of the time that it's taking, but um, yeah, I would think just like the recovery in between all of this stuff. Like, how do you how do you deal with all of that? Uh, it was different when I was young. I could just shove a subway sandwich in my face and just go. I was you know I was a bit of a beast. You know, it was pretty tough back then. Nowadays, it takes a lot more work and a lot uh, a lot more energy and focus. So I really do have to do a lot of therapy on myself. Um, yeah. I, 
I can't rely on a physical therapist every day because I would just live in their office. So uh, what I do is I have a lot of uh, home therapy equipment at home, stuff for my shoulder, stuff for my neck, stuff sure. for my foot. I had a bad motorcycle accident. Um, so I'm always just trying to repair and get a little bit stronger and a little bit more agile. Um, I mean, even right now, during these times, at least that gives me some goals to work towards, a, a little escape from the news cycle on my phone. And uh, yeah, so that's that's been a real positive yeah. Yeah. I've seen, um, you know, some of the things that you post cause you've got a uh, pretty cool Instagram out there, but you talk a lot about taking time to, you know, really appreciate nature and relaxing and, and all that. Could you talk a little bit about that and why that's become something that's been so attractive to you to do? Yeah. I mean, for me, I find like we're all, I'm always supposed to go places and promote a wrestling match, but instead I tell people just to turn off their phones and go outside. It's yeah. the best advice you can get. Um, for me, one of the skills that I think is one of the, I don't know, personality traits, skill, I don't know what you want to call it, but uh, creativity is super important to me. And uh, if you go on a walk, it's been proven to increase your creativity by 50%. So just doing stuff like that actually stimulates your brain, it stimulates your mind. And then when you go back and go watch something on TV or watch some art, like you're actually, your brain's going to process it in a different way, or maybe you'll appreciate it more or see it from a different light. And by slowing things down, you can really see how things can be sped up. I think there's a lot of people who don't, yeah. well, I can speak for myself. I lived a lot of time where there wasn't any silence. I just, it was like fireworks and loud noises and all this stuff. So for me to counterbalance that, to find the balance, because, you know, even when you just walk out, advertisements have bright lights, sh you know, shiny red things, try and get your attention. Big question. Are you this enough? Are you that enough? And, um, so I find if I give myself even just five minutes a day, just to get as quiet as I can and try not to think about anything. It's yeah. been very helpful to my ability to stay calm. And actually, I think if I get f physical benefits from it, even when I'm working out, when I'm running out of breath, I, I, I do some breath work and then I feel like a bit of a recharge. So I think mm -hmm. there's a lot of ways where, you know, it's mind over matter or, you know, really just a matter of acknowledging that, um, you know, a self-observation and honest self-assessment. So that's sometimes tough for me because I'll have an injury and it's a, if my honest self-assessment, it says, Oh, maybe I shouldn't, maybe I should take this weekend off. But then, right. you know, I have to work to make the money. It's you end up in these sort of cycles where you're maybe not listening to your best self. And then, you know, it's just hard to check. It's hard to check back in. But I think that's, what's important for most people is instead of asking like other people what you should do, I think it's best to like ask yourself, I think mm -hmm. you're going to get a more honest answer and you're, and you're going to get the answer you want to hear uh, from yourself if you just, but you, you can ask the question, but to get the answer, you have to be really quiet, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. I love this comment. Look at that. I'm putting this on the screen right now. The guru. I love it. Yeah. I yeah. mean, this. Oh, namaste. This, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just so, it's so, um, you know, what this makes me think of, we had, we had a podcast not too long ago. Um, actually earlier this week with an educator friend of mine who runs early childhood education for um, Riverview Gardens. And uh, in, in, that, um, in, in that podcast, you know, he really talked about taking this time to talk with your kids who are at home about nature and about getting out there and, and everything else. Um, no, the cameras are a little off right now, but, um, but just talking about like really reconnecting with um, you know, stuff that's out there that we oftentimes take for granted so much when we have this opportunity. And, you know, I think what you're really describing in a lot of ways is the practice of, of mindfulness. And that can be so beneficial for kids too. Um, because I mean, you know, you, you're talking about this now, but obviously we're a little bit older now. And, uh, when we were younger, we did some stupid stuff. And, you know, when you're talking about a self-assessment, um, I mean, I remember going out there and, uh, it, well, and in case my mom's watching, I probably shouldn't say how many times, but dislocated my shoulder a bunch of times playing football because I was just, oh, you know, you got to play and you got to go out there and do this. Um, but, I, you know, it, it, was there a point of t in time where that really clicked for you? And, and if, if so, like, how did that happen? Like, how did that, that realization come to you? You know, I don't know. For, for me, I think the first time I ever – even had a chance to put on the brakes was after I uh, broke my foot in a, a little bit of a motorcycle accident. And it was in that time where I couldn't do anything else that I started, started to figure out how to 
be happy without doing like a drop kick on a Saturday night. I mean, that, that's yeah. since I was a kid, that's all I was trying to do was just do a better drop kick or hit somebody else with it or, uh, you know, pursue that. And I also had a lot of travel. And then, so I realized, you know, when you, when you travel, there's a lot of things to explore that stimulate your mind. If you're in, in one place, sometimes you even just block out what's around you and you like, if you can walk into your house and see it for the first time, you'll see it completely differently than if you see it like you've always seen it. It's just sort of a, a different perspective to have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's, uh, that's great. What, what do you have? Um, you know, I, I guess just like any, any thoughts for folks right now? And I guess, you know, after this, I want to talk about some of the, the more political stuff you were mentioning, but um, any any tips or ideas for for kids who are looking at you know professional wrestling? They watch it on TV. They're really excited about. It. Maybe now they're watching Snapchat, Instagram, whatever it is. Um, and those who are you know either thinking about it or maybe thinking about doing something involved with that or something similar. Or, you know, even if it's just fitness in yeah. general. Is there anything that you've got on uh, you know for kids who are watching? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just get involved with a place that has the right kind of positive mentality and kind of working towards a group goal, whether it's a wrestling organization or a fitness place. I think, um, people with they try and do it on their own, you're never going to do it. You're going to, you need a team, you need a group, you need people that are going to support you and be a part of whatever you're going towards. And if you mix yourself up with people who are going towards the same goals, that's when you can sort of achieve them because you're not, you're not going to achieve a goal just sitting at your house dreaming of it. Um, but you can be sure that there's a lot of other kids, whether it's they wanted to be wrestlers or be in good shape, they're there dreaming about it too. You have to get organized, get everybody together and then take that action. And if, if you find there's a, usually already groups going that have, you know, good leaders who don't abuse their power and are, you know, honest and, and really take pride in taking people from a beginners to through intermediate into advanced stages. And then, you know, it's just like one step at a time with anything. So just um, being around whatever it is you're interested in, whatever wrestling organization, just find the most local version of it and just start trying to learn it and be a part of it. And then all of right. a sudden you'll be on the inside. Right. Yeah. I think that that's, you know, it's really true about so many of these things where you're trying to find folks that you can get together with who will be a really good, um, you know, really good influence on you and you'll be, you'll be working towards that common goal. I think, I think what's really cool. I mean, just like, look right now for folks who are watching on this podcast right now, we talked about some of these audio issues or whatever. They're the ones who just fixed it. I mean, they're the, it's a group that is working together, um, so much. And I think, you know, oftentimes it's like you said, there are folks who abuse their power. I think you see that in the political system a lot too. And a lot of that comes from, People who are afraid to allow other people to have control and they're always like, oh, you know, I've got to be the one who's in charge instead of, you know, empowering and trusting other people to do that kind of work. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I wonder, you know, in you, you a lot of the conversation that you were talking about um, was kind of, you know, how can we best serve the people? I wonder, you know, when you're looking at the political system we've got right now in America and the situation that we're in and all this stuff. What, you know, I know you talked about healthcare is a big issue. Is there some kind of underlying issue you think that's on all of this stuff, education, healthcare, that's really something that, you know, if you were in charge and we put you in charge of everything, the first thing that you would do, what, what, what do you think it would be that's something that you would focus on? Well, I mean, I think it would be really important to get the money out of politics so that way uh, we would have more equitable politicians that would be representing like a more majority of people based on who they are, based on like their individualism, not based on if their corporate donations could be massive. I mean, I just really think that you, to make honest politicians out of people, I mean, that's, that's one place to start. Uh, that's a big issue for me. I also feel like paying people a living wage is important. I think that's something America takes pride on. And, uh, we seem to fail a lot of people with the amount of money we think they're, they're worth. Uh, Florida is known for having really low wages and extremely high rents. I think that's a massive problem. And there's a lot of people right now that are struggling with rent and mortgage payments. And I, and I think the idea, I mean, right now 
you don't get too many opportunities in history to hit the pause button and you have the actual chance to kind of select all delete and rewrite everything in a way that's going to serve us going forward, not a way that served us in the past because just of the insane exponential growth of technology has really affected our lives. And if we're not using it to help us, it, it, you know, it, it's a very important tool. And it seems like our politicians and our leaders aren't using all these very important and powerful tools. And they're actually ending up in the hands of people. I'm not like being mean to Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk, but, pe- but individuals have an extreme amount of power over very few people. And that, that, you know, that worries me in, in some ways. And so I just want to kind of I'd love to kind of unify the people and get everybody together so that way we have a government that works for us. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's – so it was interesting because I was sitting – you know, I so I I started through this through education, right? I started working with kids and teaching and, and saw a lot of the inequity of opportunity in those situations. But what it came to, the reason why I started running was because I was in court and I was arguing against these folks who – spend all this money in politics, all this dark money where they hide the names of those big-time donors too. And I could see literally right there the machinery that was making sure that our government isn't working for people, for us. And, you know, it's, it's – I feel like a lot of people get there through another issue and then they discover it. Like they see, oh, like I really care about healthcare access or I really care about – um, agriculture and farming or environment or whatever it might be. And then they see all of this money behind all of these folks who are corrupting the system. And then they're like, well, darn it. Like if we've got to deal with that first, if we're going to have any kind of, uh, you know, positive results in the system at all. Yeah. I mean, when I was like, I think it was junior year of high school, I wrote a paper on the McCain fine gold bill when that was coming out. And, and here's naive Matt. Uh, I honestly believe that this bill would become law and clearly nobody would violate it because i mean if you if if you weren't supporting this law you supported corruption and we all know that that's not the case that that i mean they've blown past that a million times the amount of like dark money is disgusting i mean there's overt oh, nearly overt corruption same way with politicians uh, doing insider trading, it, they flaunt it and they really seem to be able to get away with it. And, I, and so I can see how that would be something that would uh, inspire all of us to be in politics because a little what's what's chump change to them is, you know, a lot of money to us. And I, I just feel like uh, there there's just been an ignorance of the people because we've been just kind of complicit and 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 we get fooled into arguing about the wrong narratives instead of um, narratives that are more pertinent to our daily life and can uh, people can easily be falsely divided. I, I unfortunately feel bad. You know, when you grew up in St. Louis, you love the Cardinals. You're like morally almost obligated to like want the umpires to cheat for them and help them win over the Cubs, let's say. And I always that always struck me as funny because I never believed that like, I just wanted a fair game. And if it was foul, it was foul. If it's fair, it's fair. Um, but I think we tend to like choose, decide that, hey, you're on the red team or the blue team and you have to dig in. Mm-hmm. And I really want to want people to say, you know, it's just like about thinking for yourself is the most important thing. And if, if your beliefs are all in line with this person, you know, by all means. But you have to question why you you're, you think things this, question some of the assumptions that you make that got you to why you support people. And if we could kind of get, get everybody to deconstruct and then reconstruct things, see where we end up, you know, I, I, I have faith in people. I think we can really do this change with the technology and the resources that we have. We could really um, do a lot of good. Uh, unfortunately, that means you could also do a lot of harm. Yeah, that's absolutely right. That's Excuse right. me while I sneeze. Oh, you're okay. That's all right. We do that. <laughs> Bless you. Sorry. Well, I, at least I don't you didn't have a mute into the hat, so that's good because you just talked about the Cardinals. We're not sneezing into that darn thing, so yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, uh, we have a little bit of pollen allergies. That's uh, that's what it is. Here's right, well, you can never, you know, everybody says you leave Missouri to escape that, but you don't. You just don't. I'm sorry. No, or you can't leave. The, you can't escape the humidity here either. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. Um, you, uh, you know, you know I, I hear you talk, and, and it sounds like, I mean, you've got, you've got, you've been thinking about this stuff for quite some time, and, and uh, I wonder, have you thought about any uh, political stuff in your future at all? 
Uh, yeah, well, I mean, let's just say in high school, Jesse Ventura was one of my heroes, uh, a, a pro wrestler <laughs> that t- became governor of Minnesota. Yeah. That, that I mean, that's a very powerful position. And right. he tried to do good things, but he eventually realized that politics was so corrupted that there was no real change, no real good he could do for people. So he decided to kind of move to Mexico half the time and enjoy his life rather than get caught up in it. So I do yeah. balance out between those two things, but um, my heart really is in helping people. And if I'm going to be a part of things going on in the future, I want to, I want to do things that are helping my community or the globe. Uh, so that, that does involve politics because it's this network that has a ton of money and they want to do good. The intention, it, the network is set up to be able to do the greatest good. It's just a matter of getting the right people in charge with the right intentions. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I'd love to be a part of it. You know, I just vote. I mean, that counts as being involved in politics. Uh, yes, I, I preach, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm opinion, I'm opinionated just, um, but, but I respect other people's opinion where they're coming from. Uh, I, I do think that it's important when like talking about political discussions, we don't get wrapped up in like these rhetoric words and like, liberal and conservative. And I really think that devalues the individual humans behind the ideas and what the ideas are. And it may, it just, the games we play with politics are really hard for me because I would love a rational, like organized, honest debate. And I feel like that's one of the things that's really missing. I think Bernie Sanders was really giving us that as a politician who came in, just quoted numbers, said exactly the way things are. This is the way things are going. This is my suggestion. This is what I want to implement. Uh, I, I feel like we get just a lot more rhetoric and double talk and things that are reminiscent out of like 1984 um, than honest old fashioned politics. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I see that a lot where, you know, we talked about this actually before we went on about this is the Internet. And you never know what kind of comments are going to come in. But, um, you know, as as our social media presence or whatever has grown. Obviously, folks have found us and, and have said things. But I think I think you're totally right. I, I think that so much, you know, just the other day, I, I was talking to somebody who disagrees with me on, on a number of things. But the fact that, you know, I was polite and was willing to have a discussion and treated that person with respect meant the world. And, and now that person is going to is a supporter. You know, I, I think that people, because we haven't seen that in our politics so much, you know, where, where we're just trying to think about how can we best serve people and how can we best make sure that our voices are heard. Um, you know, it, it seems like there's just such an obvious opportunity for, for, for politicians and for folks to get out there and say, hey, we're going to do this differently. And maybe, you know, if, if, if our bickering and, and all these divisions that we keep throwing up, all these artificial things we keep throwing up isn't working, um, you know, we really need to, to work and see past that. But but at the same time, you know, it, it really talks to that emotional side of the brain that really gets drawn into these things, and, and it's tough to break that. Yeah, that it's it's just a, it's an us versus them mentality, and if you have an us, then there be is a them, and you that you're creating your own um, villain, you're creating your own opponent, and it creates um, the drama that's very intriguing and drama that sells, and and really right now politics is a, is all about selling flim flam, and they do yeah. a very good job of selling selling. In wrestling, we call them catchphrases. You sell a catchphrase, you print a T-shirt, you make a couple hats, you have a good run. A couple years later, you think of a new catchphrase, you throw it out there, um, and it's just it lacks a lot of substance. And that's kind of what the the lack of substance in the political talk does upset me. I mean, when I was in college at Mizzou, I would listen to Bill O'Reilly. Um, What's these other guys' names? Sean Hannity. I listened to quite a few of these guys because I, I couldn't I couldn't understand where they were coming from. Or I, I wanted to understand. So I knew my politics. I knew where I stood. And I wanted to hear what kind of they had to say. And I, I really believe back then they were speaking much more rationally. And the, the more hysteric uh, type of speaking has, ran, has just, when they realized that worked, when they realized that would catch the audience, they stuck with it rather than sticking to like honest journalistic roots, mm. um, you know, that you would get if you went to the University of Missouri, Columbia, J school, you know what I mean? If people went they, they, and they approached it from that, that regard, they would have distaste for that. And, um, I just wish other people had distaste for misleading media and I, I you, nobody's perfect and we all have our, our personal biases and, Oi. Oh, that's that right. Us, but you know, that's, Hey, at least my phone's still working.
Yeah, that's true. I do. I will mention that I have a low battery, so it may just kick out, and I'll say thanks for the podcast. Oh, what what percentage are you on right now? I don't. Yeah, you can't even check it while you're doing this thing. Yeah, that's okay. All right, you know what? That's okay. But maybe we'll have to have you back on if you're in the middle of something really profound. You know, we don't want to. Unlikely. (laughs) I don't know. It's been pretty good. Um, Yeah. Well, you know, I. uh, yeah, I think, I think, uh, you know, a lot of what you're saying is what a lot of folks are thinking and a lot of folks, unfortunately have checked out of the system as a result of that experience. Uh, but you, on the other hand, literally are encouraging folks to vote. You just did a few minutes ago. So I wonder what gives you, you know, through all the stuff that you're seeing, what is giving you hope, um, that we will see change or that, that this stuff is actually going to, going to work out in a positive way. You know, I just got a good gut feeling about it. I, I, I have, you know, I, I'll tell you why. Because yeah. through pro, pro wrestling, I started out just a random kid in St. Louis. Uh, then I started to wrestle in all over the Midwest, started to wrestle in the East Coast and the West Coast and in the Florida area. Then I started to wrestle in the UK and Germany. Then I started to wrestle in Japan. I wrestled in Canada and Mexico. Um, and then by the time I got to WWE, we wrestled everywhere in Europe, uh, down in South America. I mean, everywhere except the Arctic Circle and everywhere I go, people are all the same. They really have the same interests, the same hearts, the same, you know, where I go, I would meet people who on their best, like they're giving me their best everywhere I went. And it really just equalized everybody, the humanity and just uh, how no matter where you go or or who you meet, people are so much the same. Uh, I think that's this thing that the internet is going to connect and it will empower people because you'll say there's not the difference between me and him and we're the same person we both care about our family our friends and we just want to live a simple happy life um there's really not a lot more to it than than that i think people really just want to help out i i think the the more emphasis we start putting on our healthcare workers and and how important they are and valuable and we start orienting towards that and, and, and moving our military, moving our particular budgets in favor of tor- towards healthcare and towards the priorities of the people. We just, it's a matter of like saying, Hey, you know, we all know we have a common priority. We're, we're all in, we all have these similar fears. We all have these similar hopes and dreams and let's mm-hmm. really unite around these and have leaders that represent us in that way. And then we can worry about the little details of the little politics and this and that, and the, the small bickering, um, anytime, you know, it's, just you know, hold on to your cause or whatever matters the most to you. But you know, really, if we all take the pause and realize that if we pool all of our resources, we have enough for everybody. The age of scarcity is. Oh, that's it. That's where he left us. I, I knew it, didn't I? I told you all this was going to happen. I said that Matt was going to be here. He, we were going to lose him in the middle of a profound statement. He was going to have to come back. You all heard it. So, yeah, he uh, he didn't charge his phone beforehand. And this is the era of social distancing. But, um, yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll get to have Matt back on. Um, and he is uh, very active on uh, – well, not very active, honestly. He's he's pretty active on social media, on his Instagram. He's even he's sharing a whole lot. Um, and so we'll put links to, to him, and you can find him. If you like the interview – and you want him to come back, tell him he should. Um, you know, it was interesting how we connected. We actually connected through Twitter. And I was, you know, as some of you know, I, I tweet quite a bit and a lot about different issues. And the one that I was talking about a whole lot um, was dark money. And it was this money that is corrupting the political system right now and, uh, and how we can't see it. And in Missouri in particular, we were impacted by dark money in the 2016 election, almost more so than a lot of other places, um, where millions and millions of unmarked money was coming into our politics, and we ended up electing a governor who, uh, not too long after that, resigned, Eric Greitens. And, uh, you know, I was commenting something about him on Twitter, and he saw it, and he uh, uh, very much supported uh, that. And, uh, you know, we, we hit it off, and we've been talking ever since. So he was very excited to have him on the show, even if we couldn't get him through the whole darn thing. But um, yeah, I think you know a lot of a lot of what he's talking about, and this is one of the reasons why I really wanted him to talk more. You know, I know a lot of folks were like, "Oh, come on, talk about wrestling. That's what you know. That's what we're doing." Um, but really, you know, I, I hate this 
this stay in your lane argument that we're hearing a whole lot. You know, if if you are in America and you are involved, even if you're not involved, heck, if you're here, you get a voice. That's how it should be. Uh, you should have a voice in our political system. And it, he's, I mean, literally, he's a voter. He's somebody who's very involved. He's somebody who's very passionate about all of these things. And we need to make sure that all of our voices are heard. And so I'm really excited that he got to come on um, and share a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of his thoughts that, um, you know, I hope people ask him a lot about, but I'm, I'm certainly happy that we got to do that. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy to uh, have his support, and uh, I'm sure we'll see a lot more of him, too. So um, we were going to play a game with him. I was really excited. I had it over here. I've been hiding it from the dog the whole time because you never know when she's going to come in on the middle of it. Um, I, well, I really appreciate you all for helping us. I was serious when I said that uh, to make sure that this podcast was working and that we had the, the, the view, views and everything that were up and the audio was, I know, a little bit broken, but... Um, you know, technology, what are you going to do right now? So we're trying to get better each time. I really appreciate you being here for that. Um, I do want to share a little bit of news since I do have some time and wasn't totally expecting that. Um, we've got a bit of a problem in Missouri right now around the right to vote. Uh, unfortunately, our statewide elected officials are not doing their job and ensuring that Missourians are able to vote. Um, and that's right now during this virus outbreak. Uh, this is a serious issue. It's one that is going to impact all of us, um, and it's one that we need to have an avenue to do this safely. A bipartisan group of local election authorities in our state have been calling on our governor, our elected officials, to do their jobs and to make sure that Missourians can vote safely. And what that often means is that we would use the current system we already have, the absentee ballot, in order to vote. And yes, for, for a lot of places, it's going to be hard if a lot more people absentee vote um, in order to count. So that's why we need to start planning now. I know the governor came on. He said he didn't believe that the coronavirus and the COVID-19 disease itself was a valid excuse uh, for voting. Well, he's not the one who decides that. That's actually decided by the local election authorities. And the secretary of state is supposed to have a role in that. And one person who nobody is talking about right now, and I don't know why, is the attorney general. The attorney general is the one who is supposed to come up with legal opinions on how Missouri law works. That includes how do we interpret the statute around absentee ballot voting. He's not doing his job. One thing that he could do is he could release an advisory opinion saying, yes, this is a valid excuse under the law, and if you allow people to vote, you, you know, you did it in good faith at the very least, even if a court later says I was wrong. The biggest thing that he could have done, if there's so much confusion around this and if there's going to be so many people who are going to be disagreeing and I don't know, I don't know if people should vote or not, is do your job, go to court, and ask a judge to rule on what does the law mean. The law is written by the legislature, and then the court is the one that says, well, here's what the scope of that meant. Here's what these particular words meant. So if we're having a misinterpretation of whether an absentee ballot is allowed when there's a disease breakout, when the absentee language says that due to illness, you can vote absentee, doesn't say you have to be sick. It just says due to illness. Uh, well, Let's go to court if we're really going to disagree on that, if we're really going to make this an issue, if we're really going to make this a partisan issue for some reason, despite the fact that a bipartisan group, I'm going to emphasize that again, a bipartisan group of election authorities says that we really need to get this together and make sure that people can vote safely. But if we're going to disagree on that and make it a political issue, go to court, do your job, get a judgment. Unfortunately, our attorney general refuses to do that. So the ACLU, the NAACP, a uh, bunch of voting protection groups, the League of Women Voters, they had to file a lawsuit. So they're the ones who have to do the job that we're paying our attorney general to do right now. Uh, obviously, I have a certain feeling about that. I think that's very wrong. It's a waste of our taxpayer money um, that he's just not doing it. I mean, what, what are you there for if you're not going to do it? So, um, yeah, unfortunately, our attorney general... Um, has not come on the side of the people in making sure that we can vote safely, has not been working with a lot of these election authorities. Uh, thankfully, I have reached out to uh, all of them actually around the state, and we're working with a whole bunch to make the absentee ballot process 
easier for folks to apply to. And I'll put that in the comments too. If you go to the website, votemissouri.org, that's vote, like voting, Missouri, like the state that we're in, .org, because that's the name of the website, then you'll be able to get on and actually fill out an absentee ballot request and then send it into the election authorities. On there, there's also a spreadsheet of all the election authorities who have confirmed that they can take your request for an absentee ballot by email. Um, Boone County, out there right now, they've actually got a system that's already electronic, but some folks don't. And so uh, we've been asking if email is okay. And uh, we're up to over 40 counties now that have said, yes, please do. And we're following up with with the other ones, too, um, because we really need to make sure this helps. That's something that I'm very proud uh, campaign volunteers worked on, but it's out there and anybody can use it. Uh, no matter who you're voting for, what party you want to do, if you go to Missouri, vote, uh, vote Missouri, excuse me, votemissouri.org, uh, you will be able to do that. Uh, you know, I think we probably should play the game anyway. I kind of want to, and especially if folks are still on. So hold up, let me get this thing out. I really wanted to. And maybe I'll just make it an ask because I really want to have a guest on. But I don't know if all of you uh, remember this, but back in uh, when David Letterman was on, and I used to love this game, and I don't know why, the game was called Will It Float? And uh, they would have folks who'd come on, they'd have a whole big show, and they'd talk about you know, whether it was something was going to float. So I was going to have Matt try to guess whether something was going to float or not, or have you guess on here too if you're online. I'm checking your comments and everything else. Um, but yeah, uh, he's gone now, so I'm going to have him come back. But let me know in the comments if you think Will It Float would be a great game to play. I think it would be pretty fun. If you've got suggestions for other games that we can play with guests while they're on the show, we would love that. Uh, we actually just had a texting party with volunteers last night where we were texting Missourians and seeing how they were doing and uh, asked folks, you know, what ideas you had. And some people had some pretty good ones, some pretty bad ones, and this one might be a bad one. So this, I think, will float. Oh, half of it did, half of it didn't. So I think I lost that one, but, uh, oh, it's too bad. I guess maybe I got some water in it or anything. No, half of it does, half of it doesn't. You never know what you're going to find on here. So uh, we uh, have opportunities for you to get involved. Again, really appreciative that Matt came on. I know we had some audio and video issues, so I really thank you for sticking through that. We will put this up as a podcast later. Um, this will also be up on our YouTube channel, on Facebook, Twitter, everywhere else that you get all this stuff. Um, and you can also start streaming this on our website at alodgross.org. But we put this out as a podcast later. It's called The Alod Pod, just like this is called. And you can find it now on uh, Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, Stitcher, a whole bunch of places. So go ahead and subscribe to all of that stuff. That would be awesome. Um, and that way you won't miss an episode. Last week we had... Um, but we've had a few people. We've had Dave Gregg came on. We're actually about to put that one out as a podcast. He's running for state representative in the Springfield area. Area. We had Emily Weber. I think she's the last published one on there. But we've got a few episodes, and we do some town hall events too. So, uh, yeah, go ahead and subscribe. Let us know. If you're interested in helping us out today, in just a little over an hour, in fact, we are uh, – we are going to have a text party, another one, similar to what we had last night. Uh, you'll get to text with me. I'll be there the entire time. And you can register right now uh, on the website, lodgross.org. On the homepage, there is a gold button. You go ahead and click it, and we'll take you to a Zoom registration page. And uh, how this works is you will be texting folks uh, in Missouri. We're not going and saying, hey, you all need to donate to this camera. or you need to go vote right now. We're asking people how they're doing and what their ideas for Missouri are. That's actually something that I've been doing this entire campaign because I feel like it is so much more valuable for me to know what folks in our state need um, and to really put your ideas into, into action. And so a lot of the proposals that we've made, a lot of the policy proposals that are out there have been inspired or have, in fact, just been generated by people in Missouri. And I think it's so important for us to have, just like Matt was talking about, to have elected officials who respect that and who 
work hard to show up and to make sure that we are represented. So if you agree, um, you can really help us do that by coming and texting tonight and in a lot of other times too. Uh, so we'll have plenty of opportunities. The Zoom feature is pretty cool. We did one on, on Discord, if anybody knows what that is, last night. But the nice thing about that is as you are texting, you don't even have to feel worried about anything. As you're texting somebody, if a question comes up and you don't know how to answer it, you just ask me. Like, well, what do you think about this? And I'm right there. So I'm happy to help. Uh, it's also really cool because you get to see all of these people in the same room together. You get to meet them. You get to talk with them. And while you're texting, it's really easy to talk to each other, too. So it's a great way to continue community and to, to meet new folks and to, to catch up and to have some company during our quarantine time. So um, I hope you'll check it out. I'll put it back on there so that you can all see it again. Again, that's going to be today from 3 to 5. We'll have more of these opportunities, too, in case you can't make it. If you can't uh, and you'd like to, um, go to the website. You can click the Join Us button over there and put your email in, and that way we'll put you on our email list. We don't send very many emails at all, um, maybe two a week at the most, um, sometimes more if there's breaking news or something, but uh, usually one's for an opportunity and one's our newsletter. Um, but yeah, there will be a lot of opportunities for you to volunteer and to get involved. And for those of you who don't know, Daniel, who's our volunteer manager, is absolutely wonderful. And this has been a really fun experience. A lot of folks have enjoyed doing this with us, and we try to make it fun. As you can tell, we try to make this stuff fun. So uh, it's serious, it's important, but we really have to engage folks and make sure that, like Matt was talking about, like I was talking about, that we can trust our government and uh, make sure we're getting as many people involved as possible. So thank you so much. Uh, make sure to go on our website, uh, check us out. Uh, congratulations, by the way, our furry friend competition is over. Oh my goodness, I almost forgot. Well, that would have been terrible. Tiberius and Flynn are our champions. They are Missouri's furriest friend of the quarter, and they will now be entered into our tournament of champions that we will have at the end of this whole election thing. So we'll have all of the winners come together and maybe a few wild cards depending on uh, the vote of the people. And so, folks, I will see you again on another episode of the Alad Pod next week. We'll have one. We'll have a few events this week, too. On Tuesday, we'll be putting this out there very soon. I'm going to do a very deep dive on our campaign finances, where our donations are coming from on a special of Transparency Tuesday. So I'll talk a lot about that, answer all of your questions about how you can research candidates too, and we'll go through that quite a bit and compare and contrast so you can see where all of this money is coming from and uh, where it's coming from on our campaign too. Great place to ask questions. And as always, you can find us online at allowedgross.org. We're on Twitter. We're on YouTube. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're all over or wherever you are. If you ever need anything, let us know. Thanks, and we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening, everybody. Make sure to check us out at aladgross.org, where you can connect with us on social media, send me an email, send me any questions or ideas you've got for the podcast. We'd love to hear from you. We will see you next week on the Alad Pod. Thank you.